0: Welcome to the Hole in the Wall business podcast with Bill and James. I'm James Groves, and along with my business partner, Bill Dement, we want to share our journey as small business owners with you. As owners of Hole in the Wall Drywall Repair, we will attempt to peel back the curtain of owning a small business in the trade service industry and talk about the many adventures of owning a small business.
1: Hey, hey, Bill. Hey, good morning, James. How's it going? Doing good. How you doing? Hey, good. Listen, I came in through the green room this morning. Uh Well, I guess it's the pink square room now. It's would be, and I met today's guest. And I got to tell you, I I don't know her well. I know who she is, Uh, and I can already tell this is a rare person. And I mentioned it to you just before we started. Mm. I already like her before I know her. I don't know. I hardly know anything about her. Yes, and she is so much fun. We just shot the breeze for about five minutes. And I'm so excited to learn about her today. I, I know
0: her. I know her a little bit and I can make so excited to 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 get to know her a little bit more. And so we want to welcome Annette of Ellis Natal of excellent title partners. Oh, no.
2: Hey, welcome in on Thank the show. Here. I'm uh, excited, very excited. We're to so be here. excited.
0: Excited you're here. So, Annette, we know each other obviously through our networking um and 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 our mutual friends. Um, but I love your story. I love how you kind of came out of uh, working for someone else yeah. then you create your own business um, you, you kind of have a smaller firm and I've learned so much about title just by our conversations that I didn't even know was was so I'm so excited that we can share all this information with our our listeners. So do me a favor let's just talk about you for a second. Who are you? Where'd you come from? How'd you you know how'd you get to where you are right now? No pressure just take your time you know I
2: know Wow. Um, <laughs> I am originally from New York. Um, third generation uh, Hispanic from Puerto Rico. Oh. Um, and coming and starting a new business was a big deal for me. Being third generation, it was hard enough to even think of me getting college educated right. and taking that giant step coming from blue collar workers and thinking, wow, you know, my girl's gonna go to college. That yeah. was a big deal for us. Mm-hmm. Um and even till this day my mother has no idea what my degree is in you know she's like, I'm so proud of oh is my that daughter. right oh yes it's, it's <laughs> those funny. funny things where she just yeah she keeps going to college um she just keeps going back and you know going to school I'm just so proud of her so it it's it's more of a, a self-gratification thing at this point yeah. um because I feel like I was giving back to my family I know their struggles I know what they went through um my mother came, to the U.S. when that big, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say the big boat, you know, I don't want to seem as being inappropriate. Sure. But when lots of Puerto Ricans were coming into the U.S., which mm-hmm. was in the 50s. Okay. My mom came in. She was six. Oh, wow. And uh, coming into New York, she went into Brooklyn, which was a, a primarily Hasidic a Jewish neighborhood. Mm-hmm. She was um, targeted, racially targeted, as a baby, six years old. Oh my! So everything that she did, her life, and I speak very highly of my mom. She made me who I am. Yeah. Which, when I talked about, you know, some of the things that are very dear to me, it created the individual that I am. Right. She's very strong, independent woman who. She doesn't need a man to take care of her. Mm-hmm. She had that mentality, okay. and that sort of um, it, it, it I, I grew to feel that way, to understand why it was so important to her to have her, you know, eldest daughter college educated and give me everything that I knew she couldn't afford to give me, but mm. she did. Um so I gave back. Mm. I gave back. I knew that I needed to make changes in my life as I became a young adult. Um, I married young, mm-hmm. so I did make mistakes, but I have two beautiful things out of that big mistake. I have two sons that nice. um, have given me seven grandbabies
0: mm-hmm. oh my so
2: um
0: did one just get married?
2: Yes, yes. so my younger guy got married um, to a beautiful um, young lady. They have a daughter together and she had a daughter from her previous previous marriage so I do have two granddaughters from them. And then the other five were from my, my eldest son. Nice. He wants a big family.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, which, so, which
1: is huge, right? Because I like uh, of, of all the Puerto Rican families, I yeah. know if they're every, without exception, they're all about family.
2: Yeah. yeah. We're, we're very, we're from a tight niche family. Uh-huh. So that actually, it, how can I say it? It, it it doesn't change who I am and what I do and as far as business and the person that I am, but everything I do is from my family. My mm. entire day revolves around uh my mother, my husband, my mm. my children, my my in-laws, my daughter-in-laws, my they are my support system. Yep. And they're mm. my biggest cheerleader. So yep. when yeah. I decided that I was gonna, you know. Break these huge walls, and I'm going to leave corporate America, and I'm going to go out and start my own title agency. Yeah. They were the first ones that were like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're doing this! I'm so excited! This is, you know, the best thing that you could have ever said." But I still had my own demons inside, thinking that I couldn't do this. Right. I'm not strong enough. Um, you know, my family what am I thinking? You know, I come from a a blue collar working family. What am I thinking to open up my own title agency? This is a big deal. This is, you know, no one's done this in my family. Well, I think that that self
0: doubt is, is, is a good driving factor. As long as you don't let it cripple you. Right. And, and being able to be an entrepreneur, there's a lot of scary things. And so our brain kind of tricks us into, you know, are we, are we being an imposter? You know, here, Bonnie, Talk about being being an imposter. Yeah, imposter syndrome. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, going to be
1: found out any minute. Somebody's yeah, like, going to find I'm, out I'm a I'm, fraud. I'm
0: really faking it, and I'm an imposter. But yeah. the reality is, is that we all, in a way, kind of fake it in a way. And so, I think that that's a very normal feeling. Curious, you've not always been entitled, right?
2: Twenty-seven years. Wow. So, 20, oh wow. Yes. So
0: you've been there a long time.
2: Well, in my in my past life, mm-hmm. as I say. <laughs> I was a nurse's aide and when I started going to college I actually went to college to be a physical therapist oh. so oh, I started taking all these you know uh, biology classes medical I even did uh, biology with uh, cadaver wow. when you do I did all these uh, classes thinking that wow that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna be a physical therapist and um that's going to be wonderful I'll, I'll take care of my boys my, my youngest one was th- going on three at the time when I decided mm-hmm. to go back to college. Um, so I was an adult mm-hmm. going back to college with two babies, um, considering divorce at the time with my, my first husband, uh, so their father, and it was a big deal for mm-hmm. me to make that step. I'm sure. But again, I had my family, my, the minute I told my mom, mom, I'm going back to school. She was at my house every weekend to take care of the babies and help wow. me. And so we're, we're, we have a, a huge support system within our family, um, once I did make the decision to get divorced, I went back home, and home being New York, <clears throat> excuse me, and I met an attorney who was looking for uh, an administrator in the office. I needed to, you know, find a job, take care of my children, and sure. I met an attorney who changed my life. Um, her name is Carla Miller, um, mm-hmm. if she does hear this in the future. She changed my life. She taught me a career career. And she fascinated me in this industry that everyone just looks as though, oh, this is just insurance. It's just so boring.
1: Yeah, it's almost an afterthought to to the average customer inside the transaction of real estate. You just
2: think you just need it. Oh, sure. It's title insurance. She was so passionate about what she did. She was a real estate attorney in New York, but she lived and breathed title Mm -hmm. and all she talked about in the stories and she explained it to me by telling me stories which is why now I'm such a good storyteller when it comes to scenarios because that's the way that I was taught Mm -hmm. so for me for to teach someone or to talk to someone about a scenario it's easy for me to tell a story that's what she did for me Mm -hmm. when she she says to me one day I need you to work this up and it's a subordination and I'm thinking that she had about five heads subordination what's a subordination <laughs> she went through the prompts and gave me this whole story about you know borrowing money and then holding it in one side and you know you're you're keeping that money on one side but you're taking out money again and it was mind-boggling
1: you really got an education she through her was didn't you
2: super I stayed with her throughout the time that I stayed in New York before I moved to Florida she gave me such a huge background entitled that when I came here I was able to land a job in the title industry as Mm. a closer and I have not gone back ever since. Wow! Um, I I worked as a closer. I did post-closing. I did uh, underwriting. I worked in sales. I did business development. I managed a company. I became the director of a company. So for me I think I I learned all the skills that I needed within these past 27 years to then finally give me the confidence to say, all right, sister, Mm -hmm. get out of the seat, out of your comfort zone, and start your own agency. Um, And that was huge. That was huge. That was... um,
1: Well, tell us a little bit about how that happened. What what was that process like? The birth of excellence.
2: Well, there's good and bad. There's good and bad to it because... Um, It was a great, enlightening moment for me to make the decision to be a minority, be a Latin woman, deal with the demons that we deal with every day where there is like a facade. I feel like sometimes when you're talking about the imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm so confident. Why am I feeling Why am I confident on the outside and on the inside? I'm feeling like I can just cry and melt down at any moment. And it's really hard to deal with that day to day. And the title insurance is an industry where there are a lot of men in leadership roles. Yes, there's powerful women that are doing all the work. You know, we're running operations and we're, you know, doing all of that. But I kind of feel as though, at least my experience, all the men that were in higher positions, all the folks that were in higher position were men. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be that person. I didn't want to be the female who's taking orders. I wanted to be the person who's in leadership. Really and, so. and 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 I felt with my background, my educational background and my knowledge that I could be there or I should be there. Mm-hmm. And when I decided the company that I was working for, which I was very happy in my role, um, they sold the company mm. to a group of, can I say this stuff on here? You can. Okay. I sold, they sold the company to a group of hedge fund guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which took out, which as an investor, wow, good for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's wonderful that you have the money and the beans and the capability to do that. But I am still that person, so I'm torn between that person who should be a leader and then the person who's just a softie and feels that their employees are really important yeah. and they've run the company for you because you can have people in leadership and everyone manning the ship, mm-hmm. captain of the boat, but if you don't have you know, all the folks that are going to help you get yeah. there, yeah. that, and if you don't treat them well, your company is going to go yeah, nowhere. it really
1: takes mm-hmm. a team, doesn't it? It yeah. takes
2: a team, and they had a different mentality. They had different goals. I told and you it was, she was
1: fun.
0: She's got this great mentality. That <laughs> employ, listen, it's part of our hole in the wall credo, Paul. We, you know, it's very easy for from for us at the top to kind of say we're great. We are. We really are nothing compared. You know, Mm-mm. without the great help that we have in our crew. I mean, rarely do Bill and I actually go out the job site and see the customer anymore. It's our staff that mm-hmm. we've trained, we trust, and we. We love that are out there doing it. So you're you're right in the same same heart that we are in. So they
2: they that. are they're the face of your business, mm-hmm. and you know you can have the fancy title, you can have the position, you can have the means, but if you're not, if you're not giving your employees and your your team, because I hate to say employees, like even the the folks that I work with, I worked with in the past, like they're not employees. They were my coworkers. Right. And I always kept that mentality because I I am not shy about cleaning a bathroom. Or if, you know, the little thingy on the toilet is broken, I will go get a kit and I will fix it myself. And you even
1: know the official name. It's a thingy. It's a
2: thingy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... You 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 have to be able to do it all, yeah. and if, if you don't if you don't treat your employees well and your team players, then they're not going to shine mm-hmm. for you. Yes. And when this change in the company came about, I knew that that was my breaking point. Okay. I knew that that was when I had to say, okay, stop dreaming about it, stop looking at your business plan and putting it aside, this is where you need to be.
1: So I'm curious, you just hit on it. You already had been thinking about it and had a business plan. Is that correct?
2: For years. And
1: so at that point, do you just pull it out and you start executing, refine it a little and start executing it? I
2: refined it, but then I started having conversations with the people that I trust. Okay. Um, one, of course, my husband, he's my biggest supporter. Um, he, You know, even though I may be making a decision that he knows because he's the one who has that, you know, that mentality because he's an auditor at heart. So he's like, Mm -hmm. okay, this doesn't make sense. I'm looking at the numbers and they just don't make sense. Well, to me, it does Mm -hmm. because I have a big plan and I know that it's going to take it's going to take a lot to get to that next level. Mm -hmm. So just work with me. So I told him last year, I said just work with me, baby, and you know, just let's get through this hump. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. And he did. And he Oh, did. that's great. So he's my biggest supporter. When um I decided to, to leave the company, it was hard. It was so hard. I cried even when I gave in my resignation. I loved that position. I loved the position I held. I just was not happy with the changes that had been made and I couldn't rightfully talk to one of my coworkers and make a change when I knew that it was coming from up above and it wasn't a change that would benefit mm-hmm. them or the team or mm. the location or the branch. And so I knew that opening up my own agency, I was going to be able to implement things the way that I feel they should be made. And I'm going to make mistakes. And there's, you know, nothing is perfect. Sure. But I think that because I... I and very emotional, and I think things through first before I make a rash decision. I think that that is going to get me to that next level.
1: Do you remember the first client you had?
2: Of course, the first client I had with my new company of course yes, so the new the first customer I had. Um, was a customer of mine that I had been working with for years. So someone
1: who already knew you. Somebody
2: who knew me. And the moment that I reached out to him and I said to him, hey, um, I opened up my own title agency. So you've been trusting me all these years. Uh, now you're going to send it to me mm-hmm. instead of someone else because they knew the company name. Yeah. And, they, and of course, he said a couple of fancy um, uh, words. But he said, I'm so happy for you. Of course, I am so excited that your first file is going to be mine. So I, I it was that. It was very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Then that's when I knew I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm really doing this. And there's been challenges. You know, like I said, that's, that, that, that's what made me say, yay, Annette, you can do this. But then there's also the the days of insecurity or the days where you're not getting new business or the challenges in the current market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that makes
1: me wonder now you've you've gotten past your first client, was there was there a line of people out your door waiting to do business with you yes, initially, yes. So really,
2: I was able to the customers that I was working with. I was able to get them to to work with me again. Most of them, I guess, I should say, because mm-hmm. I, I, it's not a hundred percent. Some people also felt nervous because, you know, it, I was just starting an agency, yeah. and you know, is it just you? You're the only one handling the files right now. Where they don't understand that. You really just need a person to work it all up and clear title and do all of that. Sure. But so, yes, um, there were the folks that said that, yes, they would come to me, and then they're scared, you know, to leave their current um, folks that they're working with. But that comes along with the territory. Sure. It's yeah. competitive. Um, I don't, it's very competitive. Um, and then there's also the other title agencies that are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, um, you know, even though I'm saying this out loud. Um <laughs> But you know, and those are the ones. I feel that like we of, should dig
1: there just a little yeah, more. I, well, there's,
2: there's, yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't talk ill of anyone. but no, but, I just, I, but I, I'm, th- I'm thinking there's a
1: specific set of rules that regulate what you, you guys do, to, right? You have to do yeah, things in we, a specific we way. We
2: can't do, we can't do kickbacks. We can't do. Um, we can share like marketing. So um, if they want to do like a campaign where they're sending out postcards. We can go 50-50 on Mm -hmm. them. Um, There's lead generation platforms that I have that I also share um, lists of, you know, folks that they can reach out to, prospecting calls and things like that, cold calls. But um, we just cannot give, like, if you're a realtor and you ask me, hey, Annette, I'm going to give you this deal, will you, after closing, give me back $500, let's just say, I can't do
0: that. Yeah, that sounds Um, unethical. Well, yeah. Well, listen, knowing that we've got obviously mutual friends um, who have, you've closed multiple deals for them, so you already have a great reputation. Want to become a business owner, but not sure where to start? A hole in the wall drywall repair franchise could be the opportunity you've been waiting for. As a franchisee, you'll have access to our comprehensive training program, ongoing support, and a proven business model developed to help entrepreneurs like yourself succeed. With our low overhead costs and high demand for services, you'll be able to hit the ground running and start generating income quickly. Achieve financial success while providing a valuable service to your community. Go to holeinthewallfranchising.com and take the first steps towards achieving your entrepreneurial dreams. What I want to do is dig into a little bit um, of the education side. because so I know you're really good at kind of teaching what title is. I'm a new homeowner. I don't know anything about title. I think of a title, think of a car title. I have, you know, a car, I bought a car and I have a title. Tell me just a little bit about what the title is and the process of getting like a deal closed. What are some of the things you kind of go through?
2: So you actually made a good point because it, it, it is sort of like a car title. You are getting it's
1: proof of ownership, right? You're getting mm-hmm. a proof
2: of ownership, it's like a bill of sale. You're yeah. gonna have that. Um, we do call it vesting or mm. title, as is that some different than a deed? Is it, the same thing, it is a deed. So a the deed, deed mm-hmm. is a document that actually creates that new vesting. Gotcha. So the deed will be from you know yourself, James, and your spouse into Annette and her spouse. Um, it's what basically gives you titling on that home or that property. But it's a process. Um, let's say our, our realtor partners send us a contract. You know, they got a really, they got a, a customer, they they were finally able to get a, a good buyer on that transaction. Our business here in Central Florida primarily comes from the seller side, so listing um, controlled. So like the listing agent is the one that would, select us Mm -hmm. as the title agency in other parts of florida the buyer's agent or the loan oh i didn't realize that yes so there's several the about 75 percent of the counties are seller controlled in florida but then there are several counties that are buyer controlled so
0: it varies by county
2: it varies correct so like naples i wasn't aware of that um, i did not know that parts of palm beach Um, they're up north, um, in some areas and in North Florida. So it just really depends on some of the counties. We're, we're the standard here is that the listing agent or the seller can select. Mm. If the buyer does, uh, um, select the title agent, they have, there are certain fees that they have to pay according to the contract. Like I just got one that I'm closing this week that the buyer wanted to select me. And she found me on Google. I was really oh, that's excited. Ter- yeah, that's Google. terrific. Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't like by word of mouth, she called out of the blue and she's like, I found you on Google and you had five stars. And, and she is, I'm so excited. I know I was really excited. I'm like, yes, Google is working. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, it never so gets old, does it? I know. <laughs> so I'm re- I was really excited about that deal that I got. We're closing it this week. She selected me as a title agent. So she she asked the seller, I want to work with Annette at Excellence Title. Mm-hmm. They are right in, and because they're in, in Altamont. So she said, you know, they're right here in our neighborhood. You have to meet her. She's, you know, explained the whole process to me. She's going to give you a call. She selected the title agent, so she's paying the title insurance and the transfer, mm-hmm. the doc stamps to transfer right. title. Um so I was really excited. So yes, you don't necessarily have to be a seller or a listing agent. Mm-hmm. I can be selected um, by the other side. But they just the buyer has to pay it. Right. Which I'm from New York and in New York the buyer selects. Well, so for me, that's norm. That's that's the norm because as a buyer, I feel that, and again, the way that the attorney that I that trained me, she explained it to me. You're you're purchasing title insurance, you're purchasing a home or a property you want to be the one to be sure that you are selecting the correct title agent Mm -hmm. and who you're working with. So that's sort of how I learned when I moved here to central Florida and I had to switch my mindset that now sellers are selecting the listing agent is selecting me. But then I, then I had to change my, my, my way of thinking and realize that it is the buyers, the sellers responsibility to ensure that what, they're giving the new homeowner, the new buyer, is free and clear of in title. Mm-hmm. So that's when I do my homework. After I get the contract, I need to make sure that there's no judgments, there's no liens, there's uh, title is actually in who we think title is in. Mm-hmm. The contract actually has the right people because sometimes customers do not understand the questions that they're being asked, customers as sellers yes. and the listing agent may say, okay, well, you know, you're going to sign the contract. I believe that you're the the owner. And then we find out that folks passed away, that it really is not, you know, Johnny's property, but it's Johnny's parents or their father. Oh, yeah. And they both passed on. And so there's just little things that we mm-hmm. need to look at.
0: It's, let's dig into that. So let's dig in, into that just a little bit. So what are some of the things you have to kind of go through to kind of close, um, Obviously you got to d- double check that there's no this the right person who owns the house yeah there has to be a, ch- a
1: chain of ownership Correct. and you have, right. you have to right. be chain able of to title.
2: chain very of good. title yes. and you have
1: to connect all those dots
2: yes mm-hmm. very good you right. get a big star and, and <laughs> so.
1: that, I know when
0: I when I bought my house the the previous owner put a fence in pulled the permit for the fence of course that was 15 years later you know the permit was never closed and that was something that, that my title agent found. Mm -hmm. That we had to address, you know, hey, you have an open permit on. I know that as uh, business owners, if one of our customers fails to pay us, we can put a lien on the house, and then that affects how they sell the house down the road, too. So, correct
2: that That, you bring up a good point. The when there's vendors involved, contractors that becomes a huge issue, um, especially if the contractor has gone out of business Mm -hmm. because it's not just a permit that's still open. But there could be fees that are affiliated or that they're owed. So if someone, if the vendor, the contractor puts a, a, a lien on that property, let's say it's $10,000 and they, the homeowner only paid $7,500 of that $10,000, we have to be sure that that balance is paid before that contractor will give us a release. The only way that we can remove that lien from that property is by Mm. obtaining that release, having them sign an affidavit for us. And all of that needs to be recorded with our new deed. Mm. So we mentioned taking title. I cannot put the new homeowner in title unless all of those items are cleared. I just recently, actually one of our partners, um, I just handled a transaction for her um, that closed last week that property had a roof done by one of our other um, folks. There was a roof that was replaced. There was an AC that was replaced. And there was other minor work that had been done um, by the roofing company. So I had three uh, liens that were on the property that I needed to clear. Now the roofing fortunately, it was already paid, so all they needed to do was verify. They received their their funds. They needed to verify that it was paid. Everything cleared. They gave me the, the terminations. But the AC contractor was not paid in full, and they would not give me the release. I had to ask them for a balance. They were going to be paid, and I had to and I always say sell my soul. I, it's just the way that I joke around about it. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had to call the contractor and sell my soul. I'll give you a check yeah. the day that we fund if you sign this document for me. Mm-hmm. The problem is is that as a title agent, I cannot just take someone's word for it that they're going to release that lien because they can just take the money and run and it could take three months to get them to sign that affidavit for me to release. I can't do that to the new homeowner. So I have to be sure what I've learned in the past is that if I can meet up with them and I'll meet them wherever, let's meet up. I'll give you a check in hand. I'll bring the document with me. I'll notarize it. We'll have it done. Then I've taken care of my part. I can clear title for that new homeowner.
1: So then after you've got everything pretty well cleared, they're, Talk a little bit about a, a title insurance policy.
2: So once I know that all my items are cleared, so to say, clear to close on my end, um, I can then schedule the closing, I can have all my documents that I need to record. Once I know that I can clear all of, it, and I didn't mention my underwriter product. So when I request a couple of the searches that I need to review in order to clear title, um, one of them is the commitment that comes over from my underwriter partner. My underwriter will send me, and I call it my recipe, the underwriter will send me the commitment that gives me a recipe of what I need to clear in order to be able to transfer title. Right. So that's where I found out, oh, hey, I have three contractors. I have you know, a, a mortgage payoff. I might have a, 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 a lien that now they've placed a list pendants, which can possibly uh, become a... a a foreclosure in the future. When I see that, that means that there is an attorney that's involved. Mm-hmm. Those payoffs are not easy to come by. Mm-hmm. Their attorneys have certain a time limit, and they want to stick to that time limit. If they say twenty-one days, you bet your you know sweet buns that you're going to wait twenty-one days to get that payoff from them. Wow. Um, so it delays the be- being able to clear title and provide uh, title insurance. I cannot close, and I will not close. There's and I'll get pressure. I'll get pressure from my lender partners, I'll get pressure sometimes from the sellers, hmm. I'll get pressure sometimes from the buyers, because let's say if they're um, doing a simultaneous transaction where they sold and they're yeah. buying. So mm-hmm. there's two closings yeah, they can be that a bind. are at stake. It's 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 it can be I can be in yeah. a pickle sometimes because they'll have their moving truck outside with their dogs, yeah. with their oh, that's family. Pressure. Oh, I've I've I've, I've had a couple of doozies where, you know, my heart goes out to them, but mm-hmm. you have to have all your puzzle pieces fit together before I can close. Mm-hmm. And when the day that I close and I fund, keys are given to the buyer, monies are given to the seller, everybody's happy, that's when then I can request a policy, Okay, which is where we talk about title insurance. And, and who, how, is it, like, who
1: is it that provides the policy actually?
2: The underwriter is the one who we can issue the policy through. Okay. So sort of like if it's a state farm or a Great Florida title, you know, they're they're an entity, but they have to insure and and bind their their policies from and, a, and
1: this protects a, a home buyer oh, if yeah. something pops up later and there's a cost associated with it, you essentially have insurance, is if I understand it correctly, you have insurance policy to help cover those costs.
2: Correct. Um and 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 anytime that something comes up whatever it may be, I tell I tell the new homeowner the buyers please call me. Here's all my information. I give them a nice fancy little folder with all of their copies, everything is in there. Hold that until the day that you decide to sell this home. You keep that. Put it away somewhere. Put it in your safe, put it somewhere, waterproof box. Because what if our, our systems are down? What if, you know, files are lost? You have evidence that you have copy of that policy. Yeah. So God forbid there were, uh, there was a divorce situation, mm-hmm. let's just say. Um, and the uh, a, a, an ex-wife, soon to be ex-wife comes and says, you closed that transaction and I didn't receive a penny. Basically, I can turn around and say, okay, well, we have, you know, uh, I have a policy. We can look at everything. Let's see what we have here. That policy will protect the new homeowner because we as a title agent and the underwriter who basically insured that product, we have to stand by that. Sure. We mm-hmm. have to, you know, hire an attorney if we need to, do whatever we need to do, go to court, make right by it. So that's why there's no way that I would want to close the transaction because my name is on the line. Yeah. That's, you know, me as a title agency, I'm the one that's the face. It's not the underwriter partner, you know, they're the big conglomerate that yes, they they're issuing the policies, but it's me. It's your reputation. It's my reputation. Yeah. yeah. So I need to make sure that I do right by customers. Yeah.
0: So what is the if 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 the stars align and you get a file, what's like the fastest you can close?
2: Oh my goodness, if it's cash and the liens are clear, there's no attorneys involved as far as mortgage payoffs. It's just a regular, you know, bank payoff that I could possibly get within three to five days. I could probably close in like 10 days. Really? About 10 days. And an underwriter will give me their product within three days normally. Um, but what takes a little longer are the municipal searches. So the municipal searches from the, the, the township itself. Those those are a little trickier, depending on where you are. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I had one that was, you know, in Marion Oaks, um, in Marion County. They just took forever just to give us the the full lean search. They gave us. They probably you know, had to go back permits. to the Rolodex
0: and just flip through the Goodness papers. Goodness, great.
2: Well, yes, different areas. They're still yeah. doing everything very antiquated.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. very so antiquated. Uh, so then, what's the longest you've ever had to take for a closing?
2: Oh. I just lost one this morning, that um, which is why I was here a little later. Um, I've had it for over two months, and the buyer was an investor that um, did not want to wait any longer, and my seller is MIA right now. Uh-oh. Mm. Yeah, and I've had that for over two months already um, out of pocket for certain things because even the lean search company will not refund um, my fees because it was over 30 days. You know, yeah. we have certain guidelines mm-hmm. where they can, you know, the cancellation can be a wash and they won't charge us. So I'm out of pocket as a title agent. Wow. Um, a lot of folks don't realize that as a title agent, sometimes we, we have to front quite a bit of fees. Um, and if a transaction goes sour or it dies, yeah, we, that's
1: on you. We, isn't it? It's really
2: on us. Yeah. And, and it's, it's hard. It, it's wow. hard sometimes.
0: So, so as a contractor there are times when um we'll perform a, a job for somebody but we won't get paid until closing. How common is that? All the time. Is it?
2: All the time. Um many times the owner or the seller does not have the fees to, you know, to pay for the job, you know, up front, mm-hmm. but they want to make right by the new homeowner, the new buyer. So, right. you know, they might, you know, hire you all and say, "Hey, hold on mm-hmm. the wall, can you come you know, I, I had a son who was just playing darts in the house, and he ripped up the walls, and I, I need you to come in and do all that. You all know right? what
1: the common one is? <laughs> the home inspector stepped through the garage ceiling. Oh boy. We yeah. actually get that a half a dozen oh, times yeah. a year. Oh, I can yeah.
2: imagine. I, I've heard yeah. that before. And and they don't have the, the, the money to, or they don't want to uh, pay for it up front. So we do have, it is very common, and what we do is we just ask for an invoice, and then we, out of our escrow account, then we assure that the, the contractors are being paid. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that happens quite a bit. We, we get that a lot. Um, AC repairs, um, cleaning, taking out, hauling out trash yeah. Um, so for like folks that have lived in that home for over 30 years, mm-hmm. long periods of time where they just, you know, you just collect stuff.
1: It's true. You know,
2: your kids are growing up. You don't want to throw anything away and you just, you know, you have everything just stacking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we see that quite a bit. Yeah. That's common. I got, I got
0: a couple more things. One would be, what are some pitfalls that as a, as someone selecting a title agent, we need to look for, what are some things we need to look for when we're selecting that person to be our title agent?
2: As a, as a title agent, you to you have to be licensed in order to have an operation. So mm-hmm. you have to be licensed. And once you're licensed, you have to be approved of the state, not only yourself, but your agency has to be licensed through the state. And then have a, a good reputation. I mean, look at the, the reviews that they have. Because mm-hmm. um, I've seen some of the title agencies right now that are growing and and. I, I'm happy. I'm not the kind of person who's who's you know not happy for anyone's success, but they don't have good reviews. They don't have good customer service. They don't have um, a good background.
1: Yeah, and you know I what? Think- In this day and age, it's hard to hide bad behavior. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it, it and- comes out.
2: And it's really sad, though, too, because sometimes you'll have that one bad situation where the, you know, the customer might not be happy, whatever it may be. Maybe they're just not a happy person. And, of course, then they'll give someone a bad review. So things happen. But I think that looking at reviews, I think it's huge right now. Looking at reviews, looking at the website, just looking to see, you know, what their availability is. You know, do they answer calls? are Are they present? Will they? I'm one that I work on files even before I get them. Mm. So I'll have some of my partners that will call me and say, I'm working on this tricky one. Do you want to start looking at it? Yes. Mm. Because I want to make sure that we're ready. So when we do have a buyer, it's not going to take me 60 days. We, if we have a buyer, then we can close in 30 days or 25 days, whenever their lender is ready. Right. Um, just really looking, looking to... Communication, I think, is huge. Five-star reviews, looking mm-hmm. to see if um, you can see whether or not they are, if they have underwriters that are are vouching for them, like supporting them. You'll see that on the websites, too. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so one of the dangers that I've been told is, like, when you're transferring a lot of money. So at some oof. point, the bank is sending money or the homeowner is sending money and wire transfers and all kinds of stuff. and um, Yeah,
1: literally tens if not hundreds of thousands (laughs) of dollars, maybe even millions in some transactions, I'm sure. So, I mean, what are some ways we can ensure that that, that we're protected when we start
0: doing those transactions?
2: Well, you need to be sure that the person that is going to be handling your um, funds has a process. Uh, And it's not just, hey, I have wiring instructions. I'm going to send them to you. Emails are hacked now. Um, There are spoofing emails that will... I've done training on fraud and wire fraud, and there are just... Folks are creating email addresses that look perfectly like the other individual's email. There's, There's just so many things that you have to look out for now and you have to be careful. I don't... I myself do not... So part of my process... My wiring instructions are not complete. They are missing the last digits on the instructions on the account. Um, They are sent only to the individual that is going to be sending the wire. that's clever. I do not send it to my realtor partners. I do not send it to anyone. I send it directly to the person that I'm speaking to, and I ask them to call me directly. So they have to call me to get the last four digits, um, so there's no way that, 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 um, information mm-hmm. could have been switched in any way before right. they go to send yeah, a wire. That's really
0: good. So the danger is just to clarify for the mm-hmm. listeners is the danger is, is if someone else kind of spoofs that email or, um, you know, calls and says, oh yeah, what's your last four digits? Mm-hmm. You're transferring hundreds of thousands of dollars to Correct. the wrong account. And it's just gone. And it's, it, it, it's like, it's gone. Well like you can't recover a lot of that, right?
2: You can sometimes, but the FBI is they're swamped mm. with these cases. So they only will look at things that are like above a million. Mm. So the average homeowner oh I mean, my. they the, the purchases are not, you know, you're not handling money like that. Um so they're 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 out. They're mm. out of luck. And if the money is transferred internationally the minute that they get it, that money's gone. The money's wow. gone.
1: That's scary. That that is sobering. Yeah. I'll tell you. So
2: for a seller, part of the smart process is, and this morning I, I was working on on sending monies to a seller. Once I received the instructions, our process is for another individual besides myself. We have a two-factor review. So I have someone else on my team review those instructions and call the individual. So I tell them, at 10 o'clock, I'm going to call you. Please be available with your banking information in front of you. And we have to go over all those numbers, all the information with them, their bank name, the address, the routing number, the account number, who the individual is. It's not just calling and saying, oh, yeah, hey, what's your account number? We have to make sure that we have everything. And then whoever is doing that second review has to sign that uh, informational page mm-hmm. and initial it, date stamped, um, and who they spoke to. Mm-hmm. And we do that with our mortgage payoffs. Any piece of anything that's being wired, we have to go through that process, and it's part of what I do. And I, I did this before in my former role, and we, we were we were never hacked. I mean, it's one of those things where you have to just. Yep. Be diligent. Yeah.
1: So quick, quick change of direction. You are a very <laughs> successful entrepreneur, no doubt about it. And I wonder what your future holds. What are your future plans for excellence title?
2: That's a biggie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, what are your
1: hopes and dreams?
2: Oh, personal or, or no, business yeah. wise? Well.
1: I'm, I'm more interested in the business, but <laughs> I you, know, you, you you're that,
2: welcome. <laughs> my heart just melts. Um, <clears throat> my goal, and, and and I actually, I'm very blessed, and I use that word very, um, in a very warm way. I My goal was to open up a second location before the end of 2023. An opportunity came about um, with someone that I was introduced to, to co-share space. And I was able to open a location in Winter garden.
1: Oh, how exciting.
2: Just, uh, may was my first month, but technically signs are not even going up till today. This. Morning. So I They're see growth
1: signs. Is, yes. so is on the horizon for you.
2: I'm, I do have big plans for the company. I don't want to share them all, mm-hmm. but yes, I do. My goal is to have a third location in 2024. Um, and grow my, my team. I want to be able to service Central Florida um, very easily. Uh, I don't want to feel as though I cannot service my partner in Lake Nona. Yes. Or my partner in uh, Seminole County in Sanford. Or I want to be able to have um, a team that will help me do that. Um, I know that I can't do this alone. hmm I know I'm saying um quite a bit and I shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but my and that's because I start dreaming. You see? You said yeah, what no, are my that, hopes hey, and listen, dreams and then I, I I'm an entrepreneur.
1: Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, um um I, but then
2: you're just like, um, but, what but, do I want? But don't you
1: find this to be true? As an entrepreneur, my two favorite questions are, what do you suppose happens when? Or what's it look like if? And i I ask these questions around here all the time and I've always asked myself those questions. What does you know, and for you? What does it look like if I open one new branch every year? What do you suppose happens when you know? And those are great questions coming from an entrepreneur. And I, I see that you have that. You have the entrepreneur gene.
2: Yeah, I'm just. It's just a very exciting um, world to be in. And I, I always say title is vital. Folks need title. Mm-hmm. You know, we are like uh, the nurses. We are like the doctors. Those are vital roles, and I think that as a title agent, because we we insure, we're we're insurance agents. Sure, we are necessary, and that's why I you know I I always say title is vital. Folks mm-hmm. don't realize what it takes and what is necessary. You can't invest, you can't buy, you can't sell property without title insurance, mm-hmm. or you shouldn't. And if you're thinking of doing that. You know, let me hit you over the head with something. Well, you have because an obvious I can, enthusiasm for I can, it. <laughs> I can give you the horror stories of things that have come up, even having title insurance. Yeah. Because we're able to help you at yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. But well, that's a great is, stamp.
0: That's a great title is vital. Title is. I love it. I think title. that's a great place that we can we can um, put an end to this podcast. it Has been fascinating. I'm. I want our audience to know how they can get a hold of you, how they can grab a hold of Excellence Title Partners and uh, work with you. What's the best way?
2: Best way is to call my cell, which is 305-321-4326. My direct email is annette at excellenctitlepartners.com. And you can always call the office 689 five zero and we're always here to answer any questions excellent excellent. yeah
1: and thank you for sharing your enthusiasm about it i you have made title more interesting than i've ever and i've been real estate investing for a while but you your enthusiasm is contagious see She's. I
0: told. Look at that smile. She's
1: good. I know, right? And I tried not to laugh. And too I told much. you I liked her before even <laughs> yeah, I even knew her.
0: Well, thanks for coming in, Annette. I can't wait for this to come out and, and and hopefully drive some business your way as well. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been yeah. a great show. Yeah. Thank thanks for both. coming. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Hole in the Wall Business Podcast with Bill and James. We'd love for you to join our Facebook group and keep the conversation going. If you'd like to learn more about us and our business, check us out at holeinthewall If you'd like to learn more about how to start a Hole in the Wall franchise, go to holeinthewallfranchising.com.